0: Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Hello, welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast. I am Jane Zahasky, your host, and today Susie Hansen and Stephanie Reed, co-founders of Warriors Arise Ministry, are here with me. Hello. Hello.
1: (laughs) Hello, Ladies. How are you today?
0: Good. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Good. How are you, Jay?
1: I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: we're all here together again. Well, that's what makes it so great, right? I know. Yes. It's my favorite day of the week. Yes. Mine too. (laughs) Oh. Oh, today we have a topic that is not. Um, discussed a lot, at least not openly. Right. But it's a topic that we feel like we've talked about this that we feel like needs more awareness. Yes. Because it definitely. could be happening, and maybe in our lives or even in other people's lives that we love, and we may not even be aware, right? right. And so this topic is spiritual abuse, and sometimes that just sounds harsh. Really like, right. why would I not know if I'm being spiritually abused? But it can be so subtle. Yes, yes. And I even believe that maybe we could even do it mistakenly. Yes, Like, yes. we can use, we can twist, because we're humans. Yes. You know, we tend to do those kind of things. We do. <laughs> yes. We just do. So let's start off with the definition.
2: All right. Well, it's definitely a form of emotional and psychological abuse, uh-huh. but it's characterized by a systematic pattern of mm-hmm. cohesive and controlling behavior in a religious context.
0: Mm. So a pattern.
2: It's a pattern. That's a key word because it's yes. consistent. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's consistent based off of the reaction of the person who is being abused. Right. Because it's almost like it fuels the person who is doing the abusing.
0: Oh, right. yeah. It gives them
2: more content, if you want to call it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Okay. So do you have maybe some examples of that that can help some of our listeners? Yeah. Like kind of try to identify that?
2: Yep. So you may be experiencing spiritual abuse, or maybe you have been around it and um, identified it, but this is what it can look like. It can entail manipulation and exploitation. It can entail enforced accountability,
0: Mm -hmm. which I
2: like that. Let's break that one down for a second because let's think of it as maybe you are in, um let's talk about like maybe with your husband or with a friend and you're coming to them with maybe an something that you need to heal from or grow from. Yeah. And they start to really hammer in the accountability where, you know what, the Bible says this and this and this, okay. you cannot do this, Jane, oh. or the word says, this is going to happen to you. Right. And so it's a more harsh way to bring a upon accountability in a Mm -hmm. way and this person may not even have ever read the word right so it means nothing to them yeah but we enforce our beliefs onto somebody and we think we're helping them yeah yeah by holding them accountable but in reality it's pushing them further away from the cross
0: yes yeah and the cross is where the answers truly are
2: yes yeah yeah or any issues that's right yeah and um, so, and spiritual abuse can also look like censorship of decision making. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's. I good. think a lot of people have probably experienced this one. Yeah, where you feel like you don't have a voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you feel like you can't make a decision on your own. Right. Hmm.
0: I think, like, just as we were talking about this, this makes me think of, like, how some people use scripture or some verses against women, and how we are an inferior and yes. things like that. Yes. Right. And I think we all can think of examples like that, something along that topic, as women or women in leadership or things like that. Like, I can see how that is spiritual abuse now. You know, now that we've defined it and we can, like, step back and kind of look for it. Yeah, Stacy and
2: I were talking yesterday, and it made me think about... Back in the day when yeah. women did not work outside of the home. Right. You know, they did definitely did not lead the family spiritually. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder what it looked like back then when the women had really no rights.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but now a large percentage of women work yes. outside of the home or they may even earn more money than their, their husband, their husband yeah. or, you know, vice versa, whatever, mm-hmm. but they're out becoming leaders yes. and, so yeah squashing that lie. squashing that (laughs) lie. i also just want to point out spiritual abuse doesn't mean it happens in a church you know like that's something Mm -hmm. because if you're not aware of this term you may think well i have a healthy church i love my church you know and so i can't be experiencing any spiritual abuse yeah but it doesn't always have to happen inside a church that's right we're going to talk about all the different ways it can happen here in a second yeah okay good so
2: our next one is the requirements for secrecy ah. and silence. So, again, not having a voice. Yeah. You know, have you ever been told that, you know what, you don't earn the right to speak mm. up? And so oh. you might see that a lot in the household. man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, this could wrap itself around domestic abuse. Sure, oh, you know? it's,
0: it's yeah. It's all
2: packaged together, but yeah, this is yeah. just one side of it. Yeah, but they all share a lot of the same symptoms. Sure, do you want to call it?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as you mentioned, Jane, another one is controlling through the use of biblical teachings. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you know what? I was going to share this a little bit later, but I can speak on this because I accidentally, like you said, have mm-hmm. done it myself.
0: Ah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Okay. Tell us more about that because that's interesting because now I'm like, oh my gosh, I I, I, I I,
1: have I done this? Yes.
0: Yes, I
2: didn't know I was using it for control. Again, I thought I was doing it for accountability and I'm using air quotes because that was my motive. But this is back in my twenties and I had a family member who was just caught in adultery.
0: Mm -hmm. And so,
2: you know, I'm A seasoned Christian at this point, but I'm still very immature in the way that I know how to reach others. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, the first thing I need to do is send him every scripture on adultery.
0: Uh huh. And
2: (laughs) of course, I text him to him, like he's going to read it.
0: Yeah. I totally probably added context. Like, yes. Here, read this. Yes. (laughs) But I went into
2: defending mode. Sure. And I thought, I will. I mean, after he reads this, he will for sure want to know Jesus,
0: right? <laughs> well, sure.
2: <sir. laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> and so even though I didn't see it as abuse, but he definitely did not receive that well. Sure, and, I, yeah. and I came across as too aggressive. Uh-huh. I came across in a way that I'm judging him. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, pro- yeah. probably the side effect that comes a lot from it is the judgment piece. Yes.
1: Yeah, for sure. I can say that I've done the same thing, Steph, not under those circumstances, but in like situations with my husband. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, God's word says da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And if you would read the Bible Oh and, sure, you know, yes. and My motive is pure. Yes. My heart is to guide him in a way that I know would help him. But the way it's coming across to him is judgment. Sure. And I'm a failure Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be really careful when we're giving advice in those ways. Where's the person? Are they open to receive it? Are they ready to receive it? And how are we delivering that message? Because like you said, you delivered aggressively. Yes. And typically when I'm doing something like that, I'm delivering passionately and aggressively. <laughs> I like passionate better than yeah. aggressive. Yeah, well, yeah, but my passion can be aggressive. <laughs> well, let's just be honest. You know, most of the time when we're doing
2: that, it's all coming from an emotion. Yeah. It is, yes. exactly. Yes. So my yes. first, to
1: that. Right. My first yeah. head.
2: Yeah. advice would be to, process first and then respond
0: and Mm -hmm. maybe pray let's probably pray in there too before we Oh, minor detail minor (laughs) minor but that's a good idea let's do that
2: (laughs) so spiritual abuse can also entail the coercion to conform which is the inability to ask questions Mm -hmm. so when someone is coming down on you it would be like me interrupting you and saying no Susie you do not have the right or you don't have the authority to either interrupt me or to have a voice in this matter. Wow. So it takes submission to a whole new level if you're talking about a husband-wife situation. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can see this probably in a lot of homes where the men are, all they hear is, you have to be the spiritual leader. You have to be the spiritual leader. And they may be even coming from a good spot because this is what the Bible says. I have to step up. And leave yeah. my family that right. yeah. we could easily turn into the first moment they feel disrespected mm-hmm. because our leadership mm-hmm. isn't at par.
0: Yeah, then
2: they could easily turn into an abuser. Oh, sure. Because this is the position that God has given me. You will submit to me. Yeah, that's right. So it could easily you turn have into to that. obey me.
1: Right. I am yeah. the head of this household,
0: and I could see where that could be really hard for a husband, maybe who is a new believer, and hears this this is your role. You are the head of your household. You are the spiritual leader. And that may cause a lot of stress on them. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do that. And they turn to spiritual abuse by accident accident. then because
2: they don't know how to do it. Yeah. I would say that I don't think anyone wakes up wanting to spiritually abuse someone it's either something you've learned
0: yes it's either something
2: that you made a mistake and just again the delivery was off yes Yes. or i think if you struggle with maybe some mental health Mm -hmm. that you might be confused on how to deliver certain information yeah Yeah. and so i don't think anyone you know intentionally wants to do it Yeah,
0: or like you said it's emotional and they're dealing with their emotions in a not so healthy way correct comes correct out affecting others
2: right Another way you can entail is through the requirement of obedience to the abuser. So we kind of hit on that, but it's about you will listen to what I say and do what
0: I say. Yeah,
1: And obviously the control. And then they throw scripture in there as to this is what the word says, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, to
1: bend you into submission. That's right. That's
2: right. Very scary. Mm -hmm. And also the suggestion that the abuser has a divine position. Mm -hmm. So if God called me to be a spiritual leader... Then you must do X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't have to be just about men. You know, I could probably, I think I can see myself in this position too. Yeah. You know, with, I mentioned this in one of the podcasts with me mentoring a young girl. Mm -hmm. She put me in this position Um, to help spiritually guide her. Yeah. But then my mind kicks in and my heart for her to heal kicks in. And then my, my position elevates Uh and I expect her to, obey what I um, yeah. tell her to do and yeah. I use obey in air quotes. I don't yeah. see it that way. <laughs>
1: You're not that kind of a personality, <laughs> but yeah,
2: I just mean like I'm giving her good advice. It yeah. may not be what she needs in the moment, but yeah. in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, I cannot force this on her. Yeah. It's still her decision.
0: Right. And in your mind, you're like, if only she would do this, yes. it
2: would just fix everything. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> yes. I, that's
2: when I. I yes. And your parents,
1: and I know you do that. I know too, you're yeah. feeling the same way. Yeah, yeah. With all of you, spouses, have the children, oh, yeah. loved ones, yeah. we know best. Yes, I had a situation where I had a medical condition. I needed had a lot of problems and needed a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And I was really struggling with the decision, and I decided to have the hysterectomy, and I scheduled my surgery. And I told a group of ladies this, and they were like, "Oh no, you are not going to have that surgery." Oh, and they're going to lay hands on me, and that is your body. You have authority over your body, and you need to speak the word over your body, and you are healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. And and this went on for a couple of weeks, where I began to doubt my own faith. Oh wow! And I'm like, what's wrong with me that my faith? Yeah. I even canceled the surgery. Wow. Because I thought there's something wrong with me. It's like I was making a mistake to have the surgery mm-hmm. because I felt like my faith was wavering. And if I had stronger faith, then God would heal my body. And, you know, sometimes, oh, wow. you know, God created doctors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes that is the option. Yeah. And and then I went outside that group and spoke with another person. And she's like, have the surgery, Yeah. you know, and so yeah. I ended up rescheduling the yeah. surgery. But now the intention, yes. again... They did not have the heart to abuse me spiritually. They were not trying to abuse me spiritually. Yeah, But the way Mm -hmm. with their authority and they're like, no, and you're going to take authority over your body and you are going to be healed and you're not going to have that surgery. I I began to doubt my own faith. So we need to be careful in those types of situations.
0: That's good. That's a a, really good example.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a good way to learn how to deliver
2: information like that. Mm -hmm. For one, you want to come across in a more gentle manner because the holy spirit is a gentle being yes yes a gentle spirit and so anytime that we come across as aggressive we're never really leading people to hear from the holy spirit Mm -hmm. right so that would be my first suggestion is just Mm -hmm. to come from a place of gentleness and care and maybe ask more questions before delivering your opinion Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: even though their script that advice they gave you was scriptural sure but timing is everything Yes, Mm -hmm. and you have to like you said know the person are they in a place to receive it? And then maybe ask more questions like, hey, have you thought about A, B, and C? Mm-hmm. Or what has God shared with you in this time? Instead of just assuming that right. you haven't given it to Jesus. Right. You know, so just mm-hmm. ask more questions, come from a more gentle manner. And I think yeah. that would help us tremendously. Absolutely. Yep,
1: yeah. yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Because you don't know the circumstances. You I have been yeah. living in pain for years. I yeah. didn't even realize how much pain I'd been in mm-hmm. until the surgery was behind me. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I should have done this long. God, yeah. I yeah. feel so much better. Yeah. So, But anyway, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's just a different way to approach That's right. it. And one more that I think is real
2: important that we hit on yeah. is that spiritual abuse can entail the isolation as a means of punishment. Mm. So if someone is not adhering, to certain Mm -hmm. advice or guidance then you get punished and they isolate you wow which is what the enemy wants for all of us exactly
0: that's one of his goals is to get you isolated Isolated and then and yes isolated and alone so his voice can be the loudest voice in your head and just he brings all these thoughts and
2: craziness and yeah that's right some um, of you out there may be forced into isolation but others of you we put ourselves in isolation Yes, and i think it's very important to recognize when you're starting to do that Mm
0: -hmm. yes very much so yeah that is a good i think that's a good sign to always be aware of like a good question to ask yourself when you're going through something like am i isolating myself like who have i talked to who knows what i'm going through you know like you you have to do life together you have to do it in community And once you start isolating yourself, that's when things can get really, really dark. And that's where that prison, those prison walls start building up higher and higher. Yes, absolutely.
2: Let's talk about what it looks like with parent and child relationships. Yeah. Because I can only imagine the confusion when you're trying Mm -hmm. to spiritually lead your children because they're not mature enough spiritually to make certain decisions. Yeah. So what is the fine line with guiding them and leading them, but yet not forcing and creating their own beliefs for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's That's really good. That's a really good way to segue into a story that I personally have with my family members. Yeah. This was, again, a long, long time ago. And this is like, I think, a third cousin or something. (laughs) But I remember being in a car with them, and my, I guess it would have been her adopted son or something like that. He was... On his iPad or something, and mm-hmm. my cousin was in the driver's seat, and right before they pulled out, he was like, I'm just going to make up a name, John Doe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, John Doe, you will pray before we leave. Oh. And it was like, again, the aggressive tone. Yeah. And this is, John Doe's like 12 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he does, he prays. Mm-hmm. But then my cousin was like, he did not hear you. You need to pray louder. Oh, wow. Oh. Do you want to get in a rag before we leave? You need to pray oh, louder.
0: I'm like putting all the pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh.
1: Just to be clear, we can pray in our head and God will hear it. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> this is <a> good point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. So that was the first example that popped in my head because, yeah. again, I don't believe that, you know, his dad meant any ill will. Sure. But oh, he was truly okay. thinking that I've got to protect my family. Yeah. And I'm trying to teach my boy yeah. how to, again— be confident in the spirits. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speak with authority. But he
2: wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or that oh, may gosh. not have been his approach to yeah. entering the throne room with God. Right. The way his dad did.
0: And kind of throwing that whole fear factor in there. What, you want us to get in a wreck? You know, like yeah. right. using fear as as
1: motivation. Of, yeah, yeah, motivating is, that
0: to happen. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing. When you started talking about parent and child, this just popped in my head. And we hadn't even talked about this, so this may totally go off subject. <laughs> But how about like around Christmas time when Santa is watching and then, you know, then other times, so we teach kids that Santa is watching, but then we try to teach them about God and how God can see everything. And I just, I don't remember as a child, that was a long, long time ago when I learned, you know, that Santa's not real, but how confusing it can that be, right? I mean, I just kind of think for kids, that's got to be kind of hard. Okay. The moment they're like, okay, wait. So you're telling me Santa's not real, but God is? God's still real and he watches everything and he knows everything, but Santa's not. And yeah. you told me he hears everything and sees everything. That's <laughs> a good point. That
1: is a good point. I remember when I found those things out, I remember I was so betrayed by my parents. I can't oh. believe they have lied to me. Yes. It's hilarious now when I think about it. I was like yeah. nine years old when I found out. Wow. and So I can understand how that would, could cause a yeah. child to stumble. Yeah. And even believing that right. God is real.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's an
1: interesting like, yeah. point, Jane. I never even thought about that. <laughs> it just popped
2: in my head. I don't remember I don't the transition. Whenever I believed and didn't believe anymore. No, in I Santa. Yeah,
1: I'm it's, sure mine was overly dramatic. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So there's a segue. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so if you are a parent, this could also look like when you may be sending a message to your child that somebody or something is too dangerous or evil. So again, that can be very gray because we do want to warn them not to talk to strangers, you know, not to walk out in the alley by yourself Mm -hmm. because there is danger there. So how do we as parents help our child to where it doesn't come across as abusive? Right. Whenever we are telling them what to believe or how to believe.
0: Yeah. Like the balance of stranger danger and love like the samaritans yeah you know the good samaritan story Mm -hmm. like go and help people like you're supposed to love them even if you don't know them you love them right right. so how do you find that balance without judgment and without just gosh life is really hard (laughs) (laughs) well you definitely want to teach
1: stranger danger (laughs) yes and for for children i would suggest that they get involved with missions and their church yeah. groups and, and help just, in safe spaces and yeah. things like that until they're old enough and mature enough to distinguish the difference between safety and danger. Because mm-hmm. as an adult, you can just intuitively yeah. know that. But as a child, you're naive to yeah. believe everybody's good. Right. And so it would be that balance of yeah. helping others through your church groups and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Yeah, until they get That's older. good. That's true. That's a good one. So what do you girls think about when
2: children are forced to participate in certain rituals such as prayer and communion and worship? So mm. when does that turn into a spiritual abuse?
1: Right. How do you
2: lead by example by allowing them to participate in this and then mm. when does it cross the line?
1: That can be difficult and and again I think it's just delivery.
0: Yeah.
1: Because what teenager wants to pray? Right, You know, I yeah. mean, I get that there are some out there that jump at the opportunity, but I'm thinking of mine. And he will pray, Sure, and he really doesn't. He's getting to the place now where he really doesn't mind. But it's like, but it, I don't say, you're going to pray tonight, and you're going to pray over this dinner, and you're going to yeah. make it good. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, hey, bud, pray tonight, turn your turn. Yeah. You know, and he's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So sure. I think it's important to deliver with love it is important to raise our children to run after god and so we yeah. have to instruct them we mm-hmm. we have to bring them to church they obviously they want to sleep in on sunday morning they don't mm-hmm. want to go to church yeah and uh, but as their parents like no we're we're going to go to church you're going to get up and go so you could be abusive in in the way you deliver that yeah. or It's just Yeah. I think open communication. Yes. Yes, I think
2: I think if you constantly share with them what your relationship with God looks like for you personally and then as they get older you start to talk about like soon you know, child, you are going to experience these type of situations on your own, like help them have eyes to see. So give them examples of what God has done in your life so that they can start looking to see what God is doing in their own lives. Yes. And then let them know it's okay to come up with their own beliefs.
1: Absolutely. Let
2: them know it's okay that you may hear from Jesus differently than I hear from Jesus. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. there's more than one way. Give God. them more yeah. em- like empower yes, them. Exactly. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I may relate to God differently than my son Absolutely. would relate to God. Yeah. And what works for me mm-hmm. could be lost on him. Right. And so yeah. it's being open to the understanding that your children may relate to God Differently than you do. But that is okay. Yeah. At least they're relating to God. Yes. And they're pursuing Him. That's what's important. Right. Yes. Yeah. We do not want to be robots. Not the how. Right. Right. Exactly. And
2: probably one of the biggest forms of spiritual abuse with children is forcing a child to remain in an environment where a traumatic event has occurred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a heavy one. Yeah. Yeah. But it does happen often. Unfortunately, it does. Yes. Yes. Mm, And so... One thing that just for you listeners, a spoiler,
0: mm-hmm. is
2: that based off of what I just said, forcing a child to remain in an environment where a traumatic event has occurred, you will get to hear a live story on this next week. Yeah. <gasps> and Jane will hear a little bit more on it before we close. But I'm so excited for that.
0: Yes, I am mm-hmm. too. Yeah, because we'll actually hear how that can affect someone. And it can be something that will carry through for the rest of that person's life. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's right. So yeah. I know that there are a lot of churches out there that get accused of being cultish that yes. are not cultish. Yes. But the reality is is there are cultish churches in existence. Yes. And so I know that'd be some of what we touch on next week, what we'll get to hear from our guests, yeah. is being raised in a church that was a cult. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that is a real thing.
0: Yeah, and it is so a real thing.
1: That's going to be really fascinating to hear about mm-hmm. what that looks like yeah. and how she came out of that yeah. and where she's at now. Yeah, yeah. I'm because to that. Because
2: cults are very hard to identify because they look yes. like a normal church. That's right. They look like an organized religion. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it can be very confusing. And then yes. once you get in there, it's really hard to leave.
1: Right. Isn't that just like Satan, though? Yes. He's always trying to mimic yeah. God and oh, God's yes. word. And so yeah. anything that he does, it will parallel with mm-hmm. God's truth. Yeah, it will. But, like with and a there'll be twist. some truths in it, even. Yes, yep.
0: Right, You know, but it's
1: totally built on a lie. And that's what these church Mm -hmm. cults are like. Yeah. The real ones. Yes. The the fake ones.
2: Yes. (laughs) I got invited to one a couple of years ago. Wow. And I was in Starbucks and this man came up to me because I was reading my Bible. Yeah. And he invited me to his church. He just called it a church. Uh Uh-huh. Of course. He's not going to say to my cult. (laughs) Come
0: to my cult with me. But
2: what he said was, I'm like, oh, where is it? He goes, well, it's down this certain road, and but there's no sign, so you won't see a sign, and um, all the windows are blacked out. Mm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem very inviting. And he mm-hmm. goes, and you must come through invitation.
1: Oh, oh yeah,
0: definitely. A that's, right. a
1: <laughs> that's a sign. Signs
2: to
0: look for. Yes, <laughs> that's oh. right. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. So you had prepared some questions that maybe some victims of spiritual abuse may have.
2: Yes. Let's run through those real quick. Perfect. If you are a victim, you may start to wonder, like, who can you trust? Who can you trust? You may ask yourself the question, who am I? You lose yourself in these moments. You lose your identity because you don't have anyone to trust. And then you start to conform to what the abuser has told you you are. You are lifeless. You don't have a voice. You are powerless. All these things. So you start to really question who you are. Yeah. You may ask yourself, how do I cope with fear? Because now mm-hmm. fear has been ingrained in you mm-hmm. through manipulation yeah. that you turn into, you know, an agoraphobic. You might be scared yes. to leave the house
0: yeah. or to have
2: conversations with other people, to step foot into another church. You may have a question as, how do I believe? Because I'm so confused now. What is the truth mm-hmm. as far as biblical truth? What is that? And you may have the question, how long will this impact me? Right. How long do I have to live out this? If some of them may feel like it's a death sentence
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and who is there to support me. Mm. And we could say, you know, there are so many avenues of support uh-huh. and resources, but deep down inside, you don't believe us yes, because you have a hard time trusting a person. Right. So these are true questions that we can get into as we continue on this topic. Yeah. And I think you're going to learn a lot of these questions being answered next week as yes. well. Oh, oh, yes.
0: Oh, that's so good. I don't so to look- next week. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for bringing all that information today. And we brought up some good questions we ourselves and yes, <laughs> some examples. So um, so um, friends, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to leave a review on our podcast. We would love to hear from you. And then share this with a friend. Maybe um, God has laid someone on your heart that also needs to hear this. We always pray for God to open the ears of those who need to hear. So please partner with us in that and share our podcast, talk about it amongst your friends, and be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, it's time to rise up, warrior. And and step into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.